Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a new episode of Flesh Wound Farce, where we review and discuss your and our favorite comedy films. This is the world's first and only combination trivia host and professional wrestling announcer of Chilean descent that currently resides in Southern California, Ozzy V. And with me as always on this program, first in the Northern California Bay Area, world's famous juggler, Greg Larson. How you doing, Greg? Doing great, Ozzy. I'm back in form where I am wearing a movie-relevant hockey jersey. I have my chronic jersey because, little spoiler, if you didn't think there were drugs around in the 70s, this movie (laughs) will prove you wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And, of course, the other voice you hear, Flesh Room producer Todd. How you doing, Todd? Chilling. Chilling, yeah. Yep, that is Chillin' Todd, as always, and uh, the film we are reviewing and discussing today, Kentucky Fried Movie, released on August 10th, 1977, rated R, with a runtime of one hour, 23 minutes. Todd, do you have a trailer available? Yes, sir, I do. Excellent. Let's roll it. Award-winning motion picture producer, Samuel L. Bronkowitz. I have spent a lifetime in the motion picture industry. Now, after 50 years in Hollywood, I have finally produced what I feel is the finest motion picture ever made. I have called it the Kentucky Fried Movie. The Kentucky Fried Movie heralds the return to traditional values. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not wearing any pants. Film at 11. <laughs> it is a film of heartfelt passion. A great love story. Oh, take me to the drive and prove you love me. It explores the subtle nuances of interpersonal relationships. <laughs> of course, there are occasional moments of comic relief. The Kentucky Fried Movie is a film that demands the greatest performances from the finest actors of the cinema. He looked white. I tell you, this building is unsafe. An anticipated 10% price hike across the board on petroleum products. Every man, woman, and child to share with me the joy and warmth of the Kentucky Fried movie. It will knock your socks off. Oh boy. There you go, rated R. <laughs> I I split my side. Like, genuinely, I was leaning over to the side over here laughing and uh I felt lots of pain <laughs> right underneath my rib cage. So uh I'm gonna be holding that side. Um just because uh 
it hurts a little bit. So yes, this movie definitely will make you laugh till you hurt. Initial thoughts on this. I'd never seen it. When I saw John Landis was the director, I knew it definitely had to be one of Todd's favorites. Of course. (laughs) This is pre, but whatever. Sure. Uh, Again, released on August 10th, 1977, rated R with a runtime of one hour and 23 minutes. Again, directed by John Landis, written by David and Jerry Zucker and Jim Abrahams. Starring Evan C. Kim and Bong Suhan, specifically for Fistful of Yen, which had the most on-screen time, which is a parody of Enter the Dragon, and Bill Bixby, as we saw in the trailer, of course. Initial thoughts on this, I'd always wanted to see this movie, but it had that particular R rating that was not going to get me anywhere near it as a child. And then just as I got older, I just never got around to, uh, to seeing it, but uh, I'm glad I did. And I'm going to be honest, I was trying to watch this last night after tons of stuff that happened. We had a wrestling event and I was watching another movie into this one and I did fall asleep into the first 30. However, catching back up to it, it is not that fault of the film that made me fall asleep. It was definitely my own level of stamina that was impacting my uh, my nocturnal activity, for lack of a better term. Meaning but, he was really, really tired. <laughs> meaning I was really, really tired. But I am glad I saw it. And Greg? This was one that I am so grateful uh, that it was brought up during this show because I had never heard of it. Um, so this was nowhere on my radar. Um, don't really even know why the movie has its title. Um, but um, it kind of has... Um, Like, I didn't know what I was getting into. And so starting it, I was like, okay, where are we going with this? And then once you realize this is that very, like, Monty Python kind of sketch situation, um, it was a sit back and just enjoy the laughs uh, situation. So, um, yeah, yeah, knew nothing about it, but uh, very grateful on the other end. Todd? Yeah, um, I actually, I don't want to say it's sequel. I actually saw what people consider it's follow-up first, which I do prefer, which I'm sure we're going to, because I've been talking about covering it forever. So maybe now I'll, I'll, I'll hopefully get it pushed through sooner. And <laughs> but the... that is Amazon Women on the Moon. Okay. Also, I got another story about that whenever we do it. But okay. um, same premise, same idea. It's just, you know, bigger budget. But this one, this style of film, we don't get anymore. There was quite a few at this time, but I think the Landis one does it the best. And it's just a laugh a minute. It, it, they just keep coming. We had talked, we reviewed uh, Game Night a few weeks ago, and we were talking about how there's modern comedies that will hit you repeatedly, but you don't really see a lot of that in older movies because there's so much setup. However, with this one, there wasn't really a coherent story. <laughs> like, you know, it right. was like a sketch situation where it was just hitting you with small little bits. And you had the segment, A Fistful of Yen, which was approximately about 20 minutes of the movie. Still fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it was an opportunity that gave them the freedom to kind of parody everything, you know, that that they wanted to, instead of locking themselves into one specific, Oh, we're trying to parody 
enter the dragon. So we can only do these types of jokes here because it's in this setting or whatnot. But uh, you, you did see in the trailer, there's a newscaster that does come out, you know, throughout the movie with different headlines. Uh, and I'll just come out with this now. I mean, you, you heard me in the trailer. <laughs> I had to turn down my, the mic because it got me to cough and split my side. But the, the line, good evening. I'm not wearing any pants right now. Film at 11. Because <laughs> it's such a straight delivery on that. That's, that's the line that made me split my side just now in the trailer. So something that, that's got to be my one for this one. Greg? Yeah. Um, this is one of those where... So this film was such a whirlwind. I know I need to go back and watch it because I probably missed 50 to 75% of what happened or don't remember it because I was laughing way too much. And some moments, I just love the ridiculousness of it. And in the um, Bruce Lee parody... Um, there's a moment where there's all this craziness going on and there's an alarm going off. And then you find out the alarm is just a guy with a megaphone <laughs> making the noise and with a little light on his head. It was just golden and such a wonderful surprise. Like that moment definitely had me laughing way too hard. Um, for me, I one part that did get me that I will just give a little love to is when basically they invented 40X when the guy's sitting in the theater. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but um I think it was Feel Vision. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I think the United Appeals of the Dead is what was probably my favorite, which is probably on brand for me. So not not the not the penal code joke. <laughs> <laughs> See, well, that's that's what's so crazy about this movie is that there's tons of stuff that can easily be taken as, oh my, this line or this part or this scene, because yeah. all of it was so good. It almost, I mean, if you were to, uh, it's like if you're gonna go out to a nice dinner at a steak restaurant, you know you're getting steak, you know there's a menu here. This kind of seemed more like a buffet of random, you know, bits pulled together. And while it didn't have one consistent story from start to finish, it's randomness. I really appreciated. It just hit me different than what other, I guess, random movies have come to try to do at least. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's just because this, these particular segments hit me so hard. But for it, I'm giving this a four out of five. Interesting. Because um, while still it doesn't have that coherent start to finish story, these bits were so good. I'd at least have to give it that. Um, so you mentioned uh, it's, it's like a buffet. And I agree with you, except for the fact that oftentimes buffets, you know, subpar food i think this is a buffet of michelin star dishes all the way through this is like a las vegas buffet yeah 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 so like everything is great quality you're loving every moment of it so i'm giving it a five wow <laughs> well you guys know i'm a big john landis fan so mm -hmm. 
I'm not a five, but I am a four. This is he has a couple fives in his catalog for me, but this isn't one of them. Definitely worth watching, and it is currently as of March fifth, twenty twenty three, available to stream on Peacock. So be sure to check that out if you are a Peacock subscriber. If you are interested in a good time. And another thing that should be said about this movie, we've said this about other movies in the past that it's good to have. Is there a, a helicopter firing a motor, <laughs> machine gun right now? What is happening? <laughs> I think it's just a helicopter. You got to be careful when Landis is around. <laughs> okay. There's a legit helicopter coming from like around you guys or? Yeah. <laughs> we'll just go. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sure. I, I just, it was like, because it's starting to turn into a tick. Uh, I don't understand humor. Come on. <laughs> what is the deal? Why? <laughs> you had me lost my train of thought. I think that would really bother Zossings. It always fucks them up. So, you oh, had mentioned that, yeah, 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 you're going to have to fix that. But you had mentioned that this was considered a follow-up to no no no. Uh, amazon women on, on the moon is is kind of the follow-up to this it follows the same format it's john landis but they bring in other directors too to do different skits i see similar to uh four rooms mm-hmm. no not really because it is this format with just a bunch of the, i think there's three directors so they kind of just break up like who does what so it's not really that four rooms or it's all like just kind of separate it's this exact format, but with a few other uh, other people. Okay. And it's 80, so you're going to recognize, like, Arsenio Hall and uh, Robert Stack. I don't know. Gotcha. Which, by the way, speaking of Robert Stack, there was a character in the film referred to as Rex Kramer, who was a pilot. Uh, it was in the Dangerous, sorry, Danger Seekers segment. Starring Rex Kramer. Rex Kramer was the name of Robert Stack's character in Airplane. Mm. And what year was Airplane? 1980. So, and it's also Zucker. So, yes, there you go. exactly. What's interesting, though, is that the Zuckers are have usually put their mom in all the movies. Charlotte Zucker. Uh, in The Naked Gun, she was the uh, uh, assistant to uh, the main antagonist in airplane she was the woman that had her lipstick smeared across when there was turbulence and i i mean she might have been in this one i didn't see her she potentially she could have been in that courtroom scene because there's a lot of people there yes so you had this was released in 1979 and i imagine amazon amazoni one more time todd amazon women on the on the moon from 1987 actually this might get it bumped up really soon um yeah joe Dante's is one of the directors he's one of the three what oh yeah <laughs> Man. That, that's getting bumped up for sure we'll see you in a couple weeks with that one <laughs> <laughs> yeah and be sure ladies and gentlemen if you haven't had the opportunity to do so head on over to the flesh wound features patreon that's patreon.com slash flesh wound features if you have any feedback as to what movies you want to see potentially live episodes that we may have in the future that's going to be the place to submit that tons of exclusive content as well. That just started a dollar a month. Now I do have a bit of news because we have previously done live episodes in the past that usually take place on Mondays. 
Now, I've said in the past that Tuesday through Thursday, you can see me hosting trivia at various places in Southern California. I'm going to add Monday to that schedule. So it's going to be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Monday in Lake Forest, Tuesday in Placentia, Wednesday in Los Alamitos, and Thursdays in Anaheim. Respectively, that is the Rush Bar and Grill, the Brewery in Placentia, Griffin's Grill, and the Honeypot Meadery. Always free and always uh, fun to play. I mean, at least I think so. I mean, that's what people tell me, at least. And I hope they're not just telling me to make me feel better. It's always good. I've been to a few of your your shows and not pandering, but it's always been a good time. Um, now, I had I have a question, though. Are there certain places you do trivia and certain places you do the trivia? Or uh, OK, well, let me I think I just to give a little difference here. So Wednesday nights. Griffin's Grill is a sports bar, so they'll tend to have sports playing on the TV. So I won't create a playlist for them because I've created a playlist for them in the past. And I walk in, they'll have cornhole championships that everybody just wants to watch or whatever. Okay, fine. More power to you. However, Mondays, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, I will create a playlist based on what the answers are. I have no say in what the questions are. I have no say in what the answers are. I get them emailed to me, and I just figure out whatever BS comes to mind. And I also offer $20 to $25 if the person, anybody, can correctly guess why I selected the final song for the final question. Now, I will just need to say that for the uh, Monday night trivia, since they will be starting at 6.30, I am only going to be able to... uh, have songs for the second half so that way i'm not just trying to kill myself trying to get 20 songs in less than two hours but for example when it comes to these final questions final question that was this past thursday the second what two countries share the longest international land border in the world and the song that i had playing looks that kill by motley crew and I'm looking for two countries. I'm not going to give you the whole two minutes to try and guess because I can't, <laughs> I can't play the I can't play the song here because of you know licensing issues, or whatever. But I'll just go and say nobody got this, by the way. So I did end up keeping the twenty five dollars. But the reason I chose that song was for there's our, it's our public domain music. Oh, that is public. That does sound like public domain music. However, the song that I had playing looks the kill by Motley Crue to reference drummer of the band Tommy Lee to reference Tommy Trojan, a statue that can be found on the campus of the University of Southern California, otherwise known as USC. The correct answers of the United States and Canada. Oh, nice. Indeed. I'm a skit side, but I thought that was too easy. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's that's the thing. I mean, the answer can be as clear as day, but as long as I don't make the song clear as day, I get to keep $25 a mile money. You have to know the journey. That's the thing. And you know what? This makes it Google-proof. Because not even Google could help you with that. If I had an opportunity to do that on the radio, I could do that at the bottom of the hour, provide the question. You have 30 minutes to call me and tell me why you think I played this song for that question. And I guarantee nobody would even so get it. No Google could understand the mind of Ozzy B. You need Ogle for that. Do we need some kind of AI? Ogle? 
Oogle. <laughs> Oogle Osgol. There, now we're getting a little too far. Yeah. But <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, be sure to join us next week for a brand new episode. Fleshman producer Todd, world's premier struggler Greg, do you have anything else you want to say before we head off for the evening? Peace. Oh, good. Thank you. All right, for then. For Flesh Room producer Todd and world-famous juggler Greg Larson, I'm Oz EV, and we'll see you next week right here on a new episode of Flesh Wound Farce. <laughs>